sure what episode this is, but we're taking along just fine. Uh, I'm Jess, and I've got Yega with me, Hello. and Andy Snelling, is that yeah. how you say it? Amazing. Andy <laughs> is a, I'm going to let you like, introduce yourself, because I was like thinking about today, I'm like, you know, a play writer, an actor, a dancer. I'll take all of it. All of it. I quite, I quite like it when someone else describes <laughs> me. It's like, like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, I was like, you know, she writes plays and does her own plays. She's like a one man jack of all trades. That's what yeah, I came up with. Yeah, so. yeah. I am a bit of an Andy of all trades. It's true. No, I like it when it's like always get someone else to write your bio, you know, because yeah. they're going to write it better than you will. So yeah. I quite like just you know, <laughs> keep the compliments going. But yes, hello to everyone listening. I am. I'm Andy Snelling, and yeah, I'm a, a performer, uh, a theatre maker. Uh, I do that solo, the theatre making part. Uh, mm, so cool. I like to yeah create my own, uh, f- mostly physical theatre shows um, that are often very personal, and I yeah I like to get deep down personal in my shows. Uh, yeah, I'm also a writer, and yeah, do a whole lot of other things. But yeah, first and foremost. I'm a performer. Cool. How long have you done that for? (laughs) Well, look, really, I think all my life, but (laughs) (laughs) but actually, (laughs) but actually being paid for it, I consider myself a professional performer since I did drama school training, which was um, over in London. I graduated in 2008. So I think, yeah, I'd kind of say officially I've been in the industry 11 years. Um, I was doing some acting gigs before that where I was being paid, but I was sort of just naively throwing myself out there and sort of getting very, what I think was lucky at the time. yeah, well, it's interesting how these things unfold. But, yeah, officially I would say 11 years in the biz. Wow. And why sure. London for drama school? So I, before that, I had been living in Berlin for three years sure. from 2004 to 2007. You know, it's a city full of artists. It's a great mm. place when you're in oh, your yeah. early to mid-20s to just go flourish and you know <laughs> live your best life and live, yeah, absolutely and I certainly did and um yeah and I sort of got to a point there where I was like oh this performing thing I think I want to take it a bit more seriously yeah. and I actually started auditioning for drama schools in Germany and mm-hmm. I actually did get into a school in um in Berlin but yeah, just something inside me said, I feel like I, I want to do the training in my mother tongue, in yeah, English, yeah, yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to doing yeah. it in German. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I do speak German, but, yeah, just something for me about the learning from the ground up um, mm-hmm. as an actor, I felt like, yeah, I just made the choice at the time, I think I'll actually do this in, in English. English yeah. And so I, I, I then, yeah, went to London and... Audition. It was a bit of a risk because I'd sort of had this place on offer, yeah, this school yeah. in Berlin, and sort of had this like certain amount of time to decide. Yeah. And I went to London, and I remember I booked in like eight auditions, <laughs> like oh, eight wow. different drama schools yeah, across yeah, yeah. the UK. Yeah. Crammed them into like two weeks. Ooh. Was just like Shakespearing my ass off, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> singing, doing whatever they were asking of me. You know, because different schools wanted different things, I guess. Yeah, but, sure. Yeah. yeah, so went around there, and then ended up with. Yeah, two offers there and a, on a waiting list for a third school and ended up going with one of the schools there that made me an offer, which is Mount View Academy of Theatre mm. Arts. So, cool. 
that's how I wound up there and I was there for four years so because I, I don't know much about that like mm. so to get into a school you actually have to do an audition yeah what's happening if you're like really bad like you well, know that happens yeah. <laughs> that happens like yeah. any job interview yeah there are like, people who you know, turn like you up you go to the school to or the idea that we have is mm. like you go to the school to learn and but it's kind of Backwards. For, yeah, kind of backwards. Yeah. Like, first, you have to have a little well, skill set yeah. <laughs> before you actually get into the school. That's correct. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, well and it depends on the school too. Some yeah. schools have the schools that Lower. have the big reputations. Like, Got it. it's very competitive to get into. For other schools, it's perhaps a bit easier. So there are different levels that people can enter with. But the thing is, the industry is so competitive, and it's mm. it's a commonly known fact that there are way more actors than there are roles for actors. Yeah. So I think it makes sense that there has to be this, you know, drama school system that yeah. that is okay. quite selective. Yeah. Um, having said that, not everyone goes to drama school, mm. and you know, um, and that doesn't mean that you're <laughs> a good or a not good actor sure, if you have sure, or sure. you haven't. Yeah, yeah. Like, I haven't learned everything that's helped me as an actor at drama school that yep. was just the springboard to leap off from for me tools, anyway yeah. Yeah. yeah the rest kind of fell into place later but I know plenty of people who you know there's all those famous stories of people in Hollywood who were just spotted on the street or yeah. whatever you know like, oh, well, <laughs> someone, like yeah. someone just saw me on the street well, you know yeah. thought well, I had a funny nose and went hey <laughs> one of the guys in the gym he was in the queue at Terra Madre yeah and he was talking over the phone and where he hung out somebody knocking his back and say would you be interested to do uh, an English accent on a TV serial? Oh wow! And so was, was like, he? Was he English? English. Yeah, English. that makes sense. Oh, and he has wow. like a really like English, like really nice English accent. Yeah, yeah. Clear talking and that's fun. So. Oh right! What yeah. an asshole! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I shop at Terra Madre. <laughs> that never happens to me. Yeah. I'm a trained actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like yeah, so that's one of those. No, no, that's I love that. He's you know. scary. He's so scared. Like. He was and not expecting that, I guess. No, like, got <laughs> yeah. the first audition and stuff like that. He was like, "What I'm doing?" Oh, like, so you actually know this person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a client here. He's one of our clients. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. So you could actually follow the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> amazing. So did oh, no, he get the job? He got the job. Yeah, he got the job. So. He got the job. You see? <laughs> <laughs> you see? Yeah. That's that's actually. But, I mean, yeah, no, I the, love that. It's the like, right opportunity. Just talking. You could be quiet on the queue, right? He yeah. was talking over the phone That's with somebody. Right. I gotta start. I gotta start talking loudly in different accents yeah, yeah. at Terra Madre. Like I'll, I'll do a different accent every time I'm there. Yeah. Like all places. They, like, get, they get like the counter is gonna look at you a bit, a bit of yeah. like. Oh. I know, like mm, that's a bit on PC. That Indian accent you're doing at Terra Madre. <laughs> but I love that as an yeah. example of yeah this this industry that I am in. It mm. it actually shows how wildly um, serendipitous it can be as yeah. well yeah. Yeah. and that there really is no ladder you can climb in the in in, in the arts industry you know um, sometimes yeah there are plenty of stories like that where yeah. it's just oh I was at the right place right time like it kind of just landed in my lap yeah. and then it kicks out a whole career like it'll be interesting with that guy to see if that's just a one-off thing or whether right. he wishes to continue yeah, or like right. it was just a thing yeah. to yeah. Or, yeah. Probably you know. be something fun, but 
nothing different. Yeah, yeah. Years. But hey, who knows? Look, but I don't want to brag, yeah. but I was on I was an act, extra on Neighbors oh, two times. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> in the background, no lines. But one of my clients was the casting director, and uh, she's like, "Do you want to be in the background? They're doing a CrossFit scene." So. You know, I got to do high fives. Oh, which you're so good at. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd be like 30 bucks an hour. I was like, steal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a theme here. Yeah. So it's like, hey, actors of Melbourne, come to Project <laughs> Better. Come and join this gym and you will get more work. Yeah. <laughs> good advice. Like, yeah. oh, that's Maybe so that's fun. why I joined this gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't know it, but it was going to help my that's acting so career. <laughs> well, and you've just done a show. It's yes. done now, yes? The Happy Go Wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's done insofar as the premiere season is okay. complete, but cool. this is only the beginning for this show, oh, as fine. far as I'm concerned. Great. Oh, nice. So yeah, so it's a one. Uh, it's a solo physical theatre show by me, performed by me. Um, yeah, called Happy Go Wrong, uh, and and it's yeah. I'm I'm glad you're laughing and, and you're getting that because that's the intention with the title. Yeah, it, it's this idea of. Um, when things go unexpectedly wrong, the profound, I don't know, the, the profound level of resilience and unexpected joy that we can actually find in life, sure, you know, in the most unexpected dark places. Mm. Yeah, I talk about silver linings in the show. Oh, so there you go. You're very I didn't even sync. Yet. <laughs> you're totally in sync. But yeah, so it just had its premiere season at the Melbourne Fringe Festival awesome. mm. uh, in September and it went amazingly. The whole thing sold out. It won an award. I'm very excited. Oh, cool. Um, it's going to go on a bit of a tour next year. Wow. Around you, Australia? Not not the whole country. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't actually say yet because it's embargoed, but um, okay. it's going to go beyond Australia but wow. yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, how cool. I'm very excited so for me that's yeah just the beginning it's quite nice when you put your heart and soul into an artwork for it to not just then have that one life which is sure, one festival sure. and then you never see it again that happens very often and I've done yeah. that previously but with this show it feels like nah this has got something to it that I think could reach a wider audience and for myself just for my own like personal and career development I'm interested in working the show and getting it better yeah. and you know and all of that so. well is this like um, I'm assuming this is a very like personal true mm. kind of story about you and your life yeah yeah totally yeah, so, it's so real deep in your veins yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> well said yeah yeah <laughs> my PR yeah so this is basically the show is driven by my own experience with chronic illness so yeah. I have chronic Lyme disease mm-hmm. um, uh, and it's profoundly changed my life you know completely upturned every aspect of my life no stone left unturned in terms of what I've had to address and the changes I've had to make in yeah. my life pretty much every area and so yeah with that kind of well my experience of that kind of level of profound change and body malfunctioning and sickness has come and this is what I think has surprised me the most you know an extraordinary new perspective on Mm. life and an immense gratitude for simply being alive Mm. and that's what the show offers Cool. You know, is going, yeah, let's, I'll show you what struggle looks like. You know, let's go to the yeah. dark places. But at the same time, I want you to know that we are so resilient as humans. Okay. Like, and, mm. and we often don't know it until we're called upon. Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 
you know, and that crazy thing as well of what makes us stand up for ourselves or fight for ourselves or what makes us make changes in our life that maybe need to happen anyway, but it sometimes mm-hmm. takes tragedy or illness mm-hmm. or an accident yep. or an injury or whatever, What you know, It'd insert your equivalent yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, that's a big thing I've learned too, the kind of the sadness, but also the magic that comes with this idea that, and I say it in the show, sometimes we have to come as close to death as possible without dying. That's the important bit. <laughs> yeah. To know how much we want to live. Absolutely. You know, and that's... And that's... I've like, already been to the show now, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, and that's a massive lesson that I have from this illness experience. And so because my way of processing and expressing is through performing, you know, that's yeah. my kind of soul purpose in life if you will mm-hmm. it made it makes sense to me that you know i'm doing a show about this absolutely yeah, yeah. um 100%. and even though it is about you know my personal sort of lyme disease journey the show is well i hope much more universal than that yeah everybody yeah. can relate to yeah yeah hopefully sort of, yeah. hopefully yeah it's this idea of we're actually all connected by our mortality like Sure. None of us are immortal. Like, yeah, we yeah. could all be tested at any moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. And if we haven't been personally, we will be connected to someone who has. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think, yeah, in that sense, it is hopefully very relatable. And, and, and you know, offers... My aim is to offer hope as well, mm, which, so which I need so for myself. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. from a very selfish point of view, I'm like, well, if I'm going to create this show, it's going <laughs> to, I want to create something that helps me. <laughs> Great. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I want to offer myself hope for my future, um, overcoming this illness. So why not build that into the show? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, people love vulnerability. You know what I mean? Like people mm. connect with that, whether they admit mm. it or not. Mm. You know what I mean? Like opening yourself up to someone or a crowd or whatever really makes the connection so much stronger. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is my heart on my sleeve. I'm open. This is the shit I'm going through. People respect yeah. that. I think, you know what I mean? And yeah. Well, like, I feel like there's been a big shift in the way as a society, we, speak and hear stories Mm. and i think that we have become braver at speaking up i think we we had there's been a lot of trends online and and in other spheres you know of share stories speak up because nine times out of ten it's going to help someone else sure you know like yeah and i think it is a fine line i'm very aware of that of not falling into you know for want of a better term, because no other term's coming to me right now, but misery porn. Like, I hate that shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. That kind of self-indulgent, woe is me, look at me, victim, my victim, life victim. is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for me, there's a balance between like you want to be real and vulnerable and share the, the shit, yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. also you've got to be aware, in my case, of my audience, you know, and has to be offering them something. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's changing a little bit the speech. Things doesn't happen to you, happens for you. Mm. That makes sense. So, oh, good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's moving from the victim to the victor. So victim, victor. I've thought victim. a lot about that. Yeah, yeah. I so love that. V I C is conquer. Yeah. And victim is the one that gets conquered, and victor is the one that conquers. So it's true. Yeah. I, it gets all the things like you know excuses and whinging, but but I also like finding what's your 
yeah, what's your real you understanding that thing happens for you, but then share it. Like like yeah. you're doing is such a fifty percent so fifty percent of the battle is that thing that you're doing is like you share it to others, something that's real. That makes mm. sense. So like you know you're real and you yeah. don't try to hide nothing. Yeah. And then you share it. So Totally. And I, I've thought a lot that's about that one that's kind of description of vulnerability. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, well said, and I like I like that language. I've thought a lot about words and language through my sort of healing journey. You know, the way we speak about an experience, mm. words are very powerful. Oh, and so I, although I do sometimes use the term, you know, I'm battling, I'm fighting, I actually use that less and less these days, and I'll say words more like, I'm navigating Lyme disease, or mm. I'm on a yeah. healing journey. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think... You know, not that I think every word and every thought we have is going to change everything, but I feel like it's a step towards reprogramming our mindset. Oh, Absolutely. You know, because I, I really think if we can alter our subconscious beliefs, you know, we can reprogram neural pathways. We know this now. Like the science Absolutely. is there. Mm. The, yeah. the neural yeah. pathways are actually, it's, it's, the brain is like, it's very elastic. You know, yeah. we actually yeah. had the ability to do that where previously really, yeah. it, it wasn't thought that we could. And I think that's like, wow, mm. that's mind blowing. And, you know, so I want to harness that because, yeah, I think, you know, there's a massive connection to the mind and the way we experience life, mm. you know, so the way we interpret it. Absolutely. Yeah. So every thought that you have has a, physical response yeah. to body. Yeah. so if it's like oh I'm shit or this is shit I'm a life shit like your body's gonna hear that and go yeah. okay well we're gonna round our shoulders and we're gonna yeah. not be smiling at people and we're gonna be yeah. crabby and cunty to people and like that just doesn't yeah. you know make your life or anyone else's life around you any better yeah. it's like that shitty ripple effect instead of that really nice positive yeah. happy effect yeah. and I think I'm really attuned to that now because I think it's difficult at time you know you've got to have first step is always awareness so you've got to be aware of like it's, it's you know mindfulness 101 you have to be aware what's going on and yeah. what your thoughts are and that's because it's easy you know for it to spiral and then you catch yourself later or whatnot but also I think you know I'm also not interested in false positivity because I think there's a lot of pressure as well you know Ooh, yeah. there's a lot of fake positivity and a lot of kind of you know there's Instagram stuff and all this about <laughs> You know, we said it before, live your best life. And yeah, I know yeah, what you meant yeah, by it. Yeah. And you also said it tongue-in-cheek, right? And I yeah, think that's yeah. valid because I think there is a bit of this, like, it's not always about um, best. about being positive just for the sake of being positive. It, You know, you need to... There's a, I think it's a, there's only a point to being positive if you actually... That's your truth. But I think definitely, like, coming back to the victim versus victor language sort of dichotomy i think that mm. is very interesting and i think my conundrum as someone with a chronic completely invisible illness where majority of people see me and yeah. think i'm really well mm-hmm. because i present well i'm often smiling you know yeah. i look yeah. well all of that my conundrum is often this clashing of reality where i know like the night before i may have almost called an ambulance because I thought I was going to die because I've been having heart problems and then here I am like in a cafe and just trying to be normal yeah, like there's a jarring yeah, yeah, yeah. of reality that mm. occurs to me very often yeah and that for me gets tricky then is how do I honor my lived experience of illness um you know disability whatever term you want to put on it yeah. how do I honor that reality but without falling 
prey to becoming victim to it. Yeah. yeah. And I am constantly challenged by that. Like, yeah. constantly challenged by it because. You know, like today I'm in a good headspace, so I'm saying all this stuff. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Super wise, Andy is in top gear yeah. today. Yeah. But it's like yeah. on another day, I will listen back to this podcast. I will hear myself say those things, and I will want to punch that person, <laughs> which in this case is myself. Yeah. Um, so I get that it's not always hard to hear when you're in that really dark, tricky place, mm. and when like, yeah, when you're really physically unwell and you feel dangerously unwell. Yeah, I think that's when the real test comes in because mm. it's 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 easy to go around and be positive or whatnot when the going's good. Yeah, but yeah. actually, the real our, our you know our human mortal tests come in in those like dark moments. Absolutely. You know? yeah. But I think it's, it's mm. almost come coming back. Maybe at the beginning didn't make too much sense when I say find your your real your real you and then share it. Mm. Um, that's probably kind of what I meant. Like yeah, totally. It, but at the same time, yes, it's like a fine line between feeling like you're a victim. But what I mean is like you you find your real you and it's the one that last night was struggling and you share it. And yeah, because both are real. Yeah. yeah, so sharing it doesn't mean like you can say, you end up the conversation saying, but I'm fine now. Mm. And that kind of, if it's like a real I'm fine mm. you just keep moving forward so I guess that's that what counts yeah no yeah, I like, agree I totally agree and I, I get what you meant I think mm. I think sometimes where it's tricky as well is the expectation that there will be the but I'm fine now <laughs> which isn't always the case yeah. and that's where I notice it just even myself and with other people you know, one of the most difficult questions I get asked is, how are you? <laughs> I never yeah, yeah, yeah. I never actually know how to answer that. Right, so yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> on a scale of my kind of level of, like, generally there's stuff going on in the body that isn't right. However, there's also this or that, you know. Mm. But it's funny because people, you know, my friends and that will sometimes say, like, how are you? Oh, I don't know if I should ask that or not, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you can totally ask that. You know, we're all human and we all... I think as a society, like, we struggle to talk about illness and disability, and whether it's yeah, mental yeah. illness, whether it's physical, whether it's whatever. Mm. Yeah, I think, like, we struggle to talk about it, and so sometimes people don't want to ask how are you because they're not sure if that's the right thing to say or not. And I think I'm always of the view, like, you're better to risk saying the wrong thing yeah. because, you know, if you're a nice person, then you can always be like, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't sure, and then yeah, it's cool, yeah, like, yeah, you whatever. know, whatever. Mm. And a lot of the time, too, I think it's up to me to express, like, if I'm not in a place where I, you know, I didn't like what they said or whatever. Like, that's up to me, you know, to yeah. say that. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, can you, can you for the listeners at home, explain what Lyme disease yes. is? Yes, of course. I always, because I'm so used to it, I just say it. Yeah, and because yeah. you're American, so you're more likely yeah. to know what it is <laughs> yeah. um, than other people. But, yes, um, a lot of people have never heard of it. So Lyme disease, um, put very simply, um, it's a really sexy disease. Uh, it's a bacterial <laughs> infection. <laughs> um, you know, we're all full of bacteria and pa parasites constantly, our bodies, you know, processing them. But this is a particular bacteria that, you know, under certain circumstances, in my case, my immune system crashed many years ago, can really take over and thrive. And it's a kind of bacteria that um, can go anywhere in the body. Um, it can morph into its shape, 
so it can change um, you know to transformer basically so it can it can take on a spirochetal form which is like a corkscrew shape so it can burrow down into tissues and organs or it can be like a cellular form um, it has many different guises and forms that is all of that is to just say it's a bacterial infection um, that most commonly is associated with a tick bite mm. so it's a vector-borne disease um, yeah so the simplest version of my story is that I was bitten by a tick um, back in 2014 and I did actually experience one of the first most textbook signs of a Lyme disease um, infection which is known as the bullseye rash yeah it's a particular red rash exactly as it describes it's like a bullseye it's a red circle with an outer red circle mm -hmm. um, I yeah I did actually have that but did not have the education to as we generally don't in Australia we don't we're not taught to look out for tick bites or anything um, yeah just didn't have the education to know oh that's like a big red flag you want to get that seen to yeah, yeah, yeah so I just went wow that's a really weird rash <laughs> However, I've just been on an overseas hiking trip. I've been up volcanoes. Sure, I've been in sure. places, you know, me and my partner at the time both got eaten alive by various things. We were covered in bites. I was yeah. just like, that's a weird rash. Mm. A few weeks later, the rash disappeared, mm. you know. Yeah. That was the, that's the yeah. very simple version of the story. And that was the beginning of stuff in my body changing. Um, so and how did it progress from there? Yeah, so it's, it's quite confusing because... It's sort of, and this is one of the classic things with Lyme disease, they call it the great imitator. So it can really mimic symptoms associated with other illnesses and diseases, yeah. such as Parkinson's, MS, yeah. lupus, um, you know, pretty much everyone I know, including myself who has Lyme, has been diagnosed with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, yeah. Yeah. stuff like that. So. I think actually looking back, and it's one of those things I really only see looking back, mm. it sort of started out as like just a bit off and like a, a development of chronic yeah. fatigue. Definitely yeah. I remember sort of needing more sleep and, and I remember too there were days when I'd wake up, I'd get out of bed and I almost couldn't walk, not in the sense that I couldn't physically walk, but there was like a weird, I had this what I now know to be highly likely was Lyme arthritis in my left hip was at such a point that I just could barely, it was so painful to move. Yeah. And that was happening a bit. But again, as is so typical with Lyme in the early stages, the sort of first year or so, if it hasn't been picked up and treated straight away, because that's another ball game. Yeah. It can be actually very easily treated if it's picked up straight away. Symptoms come and go, they ebb and flow. Yeah. So you can get a few weeks of something's going on in the left hip, then it goes away, and you go, Oh, that was weird, must be just getting older. I'm in my 30s now. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. can be dismissed, yeah. right? We, yeah. you know, yeah. we yeah. know Especially this. Especially if there's a beer, it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Everything would go, go and then, it, and then yeah. there'd be something somewhere else on the body, and then I would wake up gasping for air at night, like I developed sleep apnea or asthma or whatever, and I'd go to the doctor and they'd say, Oh, maybe it's, yeah, sleep apnea. But then that would go again, and so it was very like, oh, that's weird. And then I, and then really, uh, to like, yeah, it's a long story. So to truncate the long story, basically, I had some stuff go down in my life, some personal trauma in 2015, which I think just I was really burnt out, and 
um, you know, I think my immune system just really crashed, like mm. massive adrenal fatigue. And then it was not long after that, things really got major. Mm. So then I was, yeah, in and out of hospital and, yeah, all sorts of things were happening. Um, and then I started to develop major food sensitivities to the point yeah. where I'm still navigating that. I know, Iago, you and I have yeah. spoken about that because I know you have a bit of interest in nutrition and stuff well, and diet. And, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so... That's like, yeah, one of the plethora of symptoms and challenges mm. I still face is that I react to all food. Yeah. So I'm, I've been on all sorts of insane diets and, you know, I'm into my water fasting and my whatevers, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So, it's so funny. And look, I use the word funny because, I, you know, you kind of have to really <laughs> to keep going. That I previously would have net like I would have been one of those people that judged people in the yeah, wellness world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, what do you mean a juice cleanse? <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself with your kale juice. Like I'm never doing that. I, I mean, that. I was a booze hound party girl. I ate or drank yeah, everything. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I always was quite slim my whole life. That's just my body type. So I never thought about anything. I put into my mouth, and I should yeah. probably be careful when I say that. And cut. Yeah. Within reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. <laughs> we can edit that out. No, no, no. Um, you know, in terms of food. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, and this is where I do have this belief, and it actually comes back to what you were saying earlier about this idea, I guess, that I, I do think the universe is conspiring for you mm-hmm. as horribly hard as that that's a hard pill for me to swallow and I've swallowed a lot of pills um, but because of you know how hard that has been to have to yeah. deal with that but yeah to go through um, yeah like to then have to re- rejig my entire diet and yeah, for a long time just yeah. have green slush and you know to have to <laughs> To have to go in and explore this world of wellness which i otherwise yeah. wasn't interested in because mm. that will be which now has a lot of benefit yeah. for me and i would t- you know like <laughs> absolutely something that we can talk more is um because when the first time i met you like i was mentioning something at uni about that i was mentioning another thing maybe related to more lifestyle or sleeping or water or infrared sauna yeah, organic yeah. food and she will know everything mm. and, <laughs> and I was like well, kind of fascinated <laughs> and she's like oh I have this book and this book and this book and it's like she's like don't recommend me more books <laughs> <laughs> and I read so many books about health and it's like alright cool um, so how was that journey like you're kind of like a solo learner and yeah. picking information biohacker from yeah, well, I'm really into biohacking, <laughs> which again is like I feel like I'm coming out of the closet, you know, like, <laughs> but it's so safe with you and probably the yeah, listeners yeah. of this podcast. Mm. But all my like lefty artsy friends are like, "What are you talking about? What's biohacking?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's been a fascinating thing I've been thrust into that mm. I never would have seen coming in my life. Yeah. Was yeah, learning about health, anatomy, medicine, the body. Yeah, learning all about herbs and what they do and blue light and EMFs never having heard of such things before and I actually think because I I mean yeah knowledge is power and it's a cliched saying but it's true and particularly with an illness I think a lot of people with chronic illness experience this that 
you know, the medical system can get them so far and then there comes mm. a point where you kind of got to empower yourself mm. um, yep. and start ta- really tuning into your body to what it needs and tailoring, you know, tailoring to your particular illness or how right. it's manifesting. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I discovered the very hard way because the first entire year or so, my illness, I just very... Um, very trustingly just followed what the doctors and specialists I was yeah. seeing at the time were saying. And I don't have any judgment towards them because I actually think, you know, the Western system totally has its place. I think it's particularly good for emergencies and acute situations. And I think they were giving me the best of their knowledge. But mm. it ended up that a lot of the procedures and, and rounds of antibiotics and things <laughs> I was put on yeah. made me much worse mm. sure and that was very hard then later on to look back on but we also have to remember that that time we didn't 100 know what was wrong with me we didn't know yeah. i had lyme disease yeah i hadn't thought of the tick bite or remembered it not until yeah. i presented course, to yeah. a doctor who first you know had said it was actually the second doctor who had said hmm, you sound like a candidate for lyme disease just given the history and the way it's manifested yeah. and then they said do you ever recall being bitten by anything and i was like oh, what do you mean you know, you get bitten by things all the time. Yeah, yeah. It was only when I very quickly, within 24 hours, went, holy shit, Definitely. that trip, that overseas the, trip where we were hiking. Yeah. yeah, and then I like, when I Googled it and I saw the bullseye rush, I went, I mean, I literally, I gasped and I was like, oh, holy shit, I had that. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. my yeah, God. Yeah, and yeah. I even rang my, uh, we weren't together anymore, but I rang the guy who I had been, you know, we were in a relationship with during that trip and I rang him. We hadn't spoken for a long time. But I basically called him out of the blue and said, I just need you to verify something that's like very important right now for basically the rest of my life. Yeah. And I went, can you just Google like Lyme disease, bullseye rash, you know, does this look familiar? And he went, yeah, that's exactly what you had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then when I had that second person Hello, backing that up, I was like, holy like what's shit. The length of time? How, since, what do you mean? Since you since do that call. That oh, call like, years later. So... The original bite was in 2014, and then your second dose. my diagnosis was 2017. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Literally years later. So, yeah, it takes a while to... To find out, yeah. And I'm also, not so much these days, because I've learned the hard <laughs> way, but, you know, previously I think I thought I was pretty infallible and was pretty stubborn and wouldn't necessarily... I only really went to doctors properly when things really got bad yeah. like I did initially there were a couple of weird sure, things like sure. with the the gasping fair at night really scared me because yeah. it was like I couldn't breathe so I went over a couple of things like that and each time it was sort of dismissed or we didn't know but then when things just went like super off the wall like I totally yeah. had to go to a doctor yeah. but yeah I then sort of got to this point where I was like and then I learned about Lyme disease which you know that's another whole podcast we don't need to go into it now <laughs> it's extremely controversial in australia there's yeah. a lot of politics involved yeah. Yeah. you know stuff yeah. to do with the semantics around the name whether we can call it lyme disease or lyme like illness or you know depending who i'm talking to i'll even use different terms myself yeah i had an infectious disease specialist who wouldn't use the word Lyme, it's actually very dangerous for a doctor in Australia to use the word Lyme. Right. I know it sounds like total conspiracy theory whack, but <laughs> it is true. You can find it online, like doctors are being um, suspended wow. left, right and centre. There are very few doctors left in Australia that can actually, that are willing to treat Lyme because of the risk to their own practice. Oh, wow. So I had this infectious disease specialist that was like, yeah, you have what I'm going to call a tick-borne infection, <laughs> yeah, a tick-borne yeah, illness. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. sometimes... 
I use the word tick-borne illness, sometimes Lyme or whatnot, but because it is so controversial in Australia, there isn't adequate medical support for it. Mm. You know, there isn't mm. Medicare that will cover the treatments for it. And it's a very underground, you know, I call it the DIY disease. Mm. Yeah. So it is very much like you've got to take matters into your own hands. And so I, I have become a student of medicine in a weird way, like um, through the lens of my own symptoms and experiences. I've had to read books and I've had to learn, I've had to study. Actually, just last night I pulled out one of my books. I hadn't looked at them for ages, but I've got this book, The Lime Brain. So I've been having a lot of issues with my brain again recently and I wanted to just look at something to do with my B12 levels mm. have dropped dramatically mm. just yeah. in the last couple of months, um, you know, to the point where they're like ridiculously lower than what they should be and how that can affect memory and stuff. Because I've had yeah. a lot of cognitive problems. Yeah, so I was just like reading the chapter in my Lyme Brain book on B12 <laughs> levels yeah. going, oh, okay, I think there's a correlation there. I think I need to go back on my IV infusions, yeah. get B12 again. So, yeah, there's a lot of that kind of That's DIY. Smart, yeah. You know, I've still obviously got to go to a doctor to get that yeah, done officially, true. but it's like... It's weird because it's like not what you'd want. You'd want to be able to just go to a doctor and get Tell cared for. Yeah. But on the other hand, the, because I'm always trying to find the positive in it, I've become very empowered, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. for yeah. just trying to become more and more clear on like what I need and trying to speak up and get it. But look, it's, it's like, it's really tough for people with Lyme living in Australia. I know personally people who are lucky to be alive, who have, very much on death's mm. door and a lot of it's to do with the fact that yeah they've run out of money yep. mm. on treatments because medicare is not covering it and if they yeah. rock up to a doc uh, to a hospital for example you know when they get sent to the er and they say i have you know lyme disease or lyme like illness or whatever they they say you know they can be dismissed like it's not All it's right. not a joke and i've experienced firsthand oh. some pretty um, pretty shocking, uh, yeah, treatment actually mm. by the medical system. So it's it's very tough, yeah. Right. It's very tough and a part of the illness that a lot of people wouldn't know about, you right. know, as I myself wouldn't have known about until I got it. Yeah. That's really tough. It's yeah. very tough, yeah. That's a really dark hole, like, We've talked about it before, but like, I'm a firm believer, like, most people... You know, most people are pretty aware of how they feel, and going to the to um, medical doctors and and having your bloods done and tests ran mm. and everything be in normal range and go, well, you're fine. You should feel fine. Mm. And you know, I just don't think mm. we're out here not, you know, to to lie or to make things up. And you know, we know our body best. Not saying, like I said, the the Western medical system is great for emergency, great for mm. key things, but in terms of kind of chronic disease and, and mm. long term health, there's it's not a preventative approach. It's that, you know, it's all, oh, you're, you're over 30. Oh, it's just menopause. Oh, it's just this or it's yeah, just that. Yeah, it's never yeah. like, okay, maybe something underlying is going on or maybe. Yeah, my um, list of diagnoses is like, it's an A4 page. Yeah. At least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of well, things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, there's so many things I want to ask you right now, but <laughs> only have about five minutes so, um, <laughs> rapid fire questions rapid fire. <laughs> so there's four questions that we kind of ask all of our guests yep. um, but cool. I do I do actually want really love to get you on again and I want to talk about all of the fun things you do for your line because that would just I even for myself yeah <laughs> um, but um, so the four questions are um, like we kind of sorry let me explain we kind of take an approach of the last four doctors you ever need 
funny enough. Um, so it's like Dr. Happy, Dr. Quiet, Dr. Diet, Dr. Movement. Yeah. So. Hang on, say it again. The last four doctors. You'll ever need. Do you mean like if you're at the pearly gates or whatever? Like, no, no, like so, like you know. So what I'm gonna ask you is like, what yeah. are you doing to for health and well-being? For health and well-being. So what are you doing to keep <laughs> your doctor happy in high amounts? What are you doing to keep your doctor movement? What are you keeping to like keep your doctor quiet? Oh, I doctor? see. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So let's start with your doctor happy. Like, what do you do kind of on a mm. regular basis that keeps you smiling and happy? And well, my number one would be. Um, performing so creating my my artwork i just love getting into a studio and having a jam even if it's solo just moving finding choreography yeah i love your instagram videos whatever yeah yeah Yeah, i put stuff on instagram you know i'm like what is she doing that's a that's amazing (laughs) i I, I love the weird shit um (laughs) so i think like i've noticed move like moving my body that's in my soul you know i grew up as a dancer Again, that's a tricky one because with my illness, I'm often limited into how much as to how much I can do, yeah, yeah. and I will push it. And there's, you know, yeah. But basically, anything to do with art that feeds my soul. So, so even great. if I'm not that's well enough, answer. it's like looking at a book or you know of art or going to a gallery yep. or cool. seeing a friend perform. I would say art is number one. And they're closely followed by, I'm a lifelong diary keeper, so I write pretty much every day in so, a diary. So good. I, I, I love journaling, and that, that, you know, that makes me so happy. So that's, so that's, a, that's so a close good. second. I yeah. love that. <laughs> um, diary nerd over here. <laughs> uh, what about Dr. Movement? So you said you're kind of performing. Is it kind of a fun thing for you? But do you do, do you walk? Do you mm, yoga, yoga, foam roll? I did used to do a lot of yoga and I've actually been thinking I want to get back into it um, because I do respond well to that. I think, yeah, it's really my number one, like links to the number one answer. Most of the movement that I do do will be uh, to do with literally moving to music. Yeah. Even just at home. um, Mm. But I will most days stretch. Yeah, cool. In some way because... I kind of need to yeah I'm often in a lot of pain and have a lot of stiffness um, and again because I grew up a dancer just stretching and feeling the body yeah. uh, f- keep connected you know I think is really important for me and probably for most people so yeah <laughs> stretching yeah, so sometimes even just roll out the yoga mat and just in front of the TV like yeah, just do a few basic things, you know. I love that. Well, I've so got neighbours yeah. on looking out for Jess to see if she's <laughs> there as an extra. Don't come back a few seasons, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, okay, I know you said your diet's kind of all over the place at the moment. So mm. currently, let's talk about what, like, what's working what? for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I could definitely do a whole podcast on diet. <laughs> a lot. What I notice, what I'm getting more into with myself is intuitive eating. Um, so, you know, for a long time I was either like this diet, this diet, mm. a combination of both. And that just got psychologically unsustainable. Because yeah. I was literally yeah. like, I, you know, my diet is highly restricted. And I was literally having like steamed spinach and silver beet pureed every night. Like you mm. cannot, <laughs> you cannot psychologically survive on that. No. But yeah, so I'm really into listening to what your body's saying sure. at the yeah. time. But there's an important difference between yeah. if you've cravings. got crazy cravings oh, going, I'm a sugar, I'm a sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually acknowledging, oh, no, I'm just dehydrated or I'm whatever. Yeah. 
but definitely for me what works uh, look no sugar I cut that out years um, years ago because of my illness. Yeah. Um, I don't do gluten. I don't do dairy. I don't do the obvious things. I don't do alcohol. I don't do caffeine. Um, yeah, that helps me a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah you absolutely. know, and I notice when I go through periods, which I do allow myself more. I didn't used to at all, but every now and then I go, "Hey, I'm going to have a this or a that today." Yeah. And I'll just deal with the payout that I will physically mm. feel because of that. But, yeah, I think it's important. There's a lot of food psychology and emotion around yeah, eating, like, so much, much that, again, I, like, never realised. <laughs> and so, yeah, just trying to tune into that. But, that's yeah, I'm a big one for, like, sugar has been a big one that's blown my mind. Like, Absolutely. yeah. And I, it's amazing. I think we're lucky living in Melbourne that we have you know especially in the inner north here like we have so many alternative options mm. yeah. like stevia yeah. is my new best friend it goes in everything everything you yeah. know and you can go to a cafe and get the raw vegan refined sugar-free gluten-free treat yeah, and yeah, it tastes yeah. amazing yep you yep. know and i can tell you all the cafes where they have them because <laughs> <laughs> i love that yeah, that's um last one dr quiet so what do you do for mm. your mental health your mind i mean journal is a good one um definitely yeah, though that can actually still get me quite active. Oh, yeah. Um, I, this is a really important area for me because I think I don't give this area enough attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I do meditate. Awesome. Um, so I use the app Insight Timer. Yep, good. Mm-hmm. Which I know a lot of people know about. I find that helpful. I generally only do guided meditations. I tend to struggle otherwise. So probably, yeah, meditation... Or even just during the day, just, you know, stopping and taking a moment to just go, oh, yeah, let's just be quiet for, my, for one moment yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah I, I'm on my own a lot because, yeah, because of my illness, I don't go out much at night and stuff. So I always thought originally when I, because I moved in, you know, to live on my own a couple of years ago as part of my kind of wanting to heal and not be around other people. I thought, oh, there's going to be heaps of opportunity to be quiet. I'll live yeah. on my own. But gee, is the mind good at jumping in with ways to distract yeah. from being yeah. quiet? <laughs> I'm alone most yeah. of the time, but it doesn't mean I'm alone. No, my yeah, mind yeah, is yeah. another whole character, yeah, you know, absolutely. narrating a freaking film noir yeah. or something. Like, yeah, so I think, like, yeah, it's a bit of a cliche, but it's true. I think meditation. But, yeah, I... It, Getting quiet is something I struggle with, I would say. I yeah. think most people do yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah it's hard. Yeah. And I've got to really build it in as like a habit and a routine. Yeah, I think the routine yeah. is key, totally. Like when I go through periods where it is like, first thing when you get up, no matter what, you're just doing this, even if it's just five minutes yep. before mm. you do anything. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. I notice that that gets things off to a much better start if I can do that. But yeah. Same. Fuck yeah. Yeah. A lot of my symptoms often err on the side of being very anxious and amped up Mm. it's funny because you know talking about chronic fatigue and that a lot of people assume i'm just in bed all the time but my thing is usually i'm tired all the time but not necessarily able 
to calm down yeah. and sleep. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very wired tired. So, sure. but oh, meditation sure. can be good for that because it's yeah. sort of it's a way of resting mm. in a way. Yeah. You know, obviously, it's nothing's as good as sleep. I think sleep is like everything. Mm-hmm. Could we be a lot of like, yeah. into like <laughs> yeah. breath work and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like calming. Breath yeah, work. breath work's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I do that. I don't even know the official name for it, but it's the nostril breathing where you put one finger over one yeah. nostril. Uh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. inhale and, and then you'll swap to the other side and. That one's great. All the kind yeah. of seven by seven breathing where you do your counting in for seven seconds or whichever, yeah. however amount you want, and then counting out for seven, that yeah, stuff. Six, seven, yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. yeah. It's pretty calming. Actually, something else I do, which is more to do with stimulating my vagus nerve every morning, yeah. mm. you know, which is a sentence my former self never thought humming. she would say, <laughs> is, yeah, I do humming. Oh, yeah. um, I do vocal warm-ups, which is just yeah. good for me to do as a performer yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, I have an app on my phone where I just do, like, scales and singing. And oh, nice. it starts awesome. off very yeah, gentle, very humming and whatever, and oms, and then it goes into actual singing and scales. That's great. I do that most mornings to help, yeah, get the vagus nerve going. Which is quite good. So yeah, that's that and yeah. I think gargling is really good for your Vegas nerves. Well. I do that too. Yeah, great. You're on. <laughs> so, yeah. um, last thing, is there anywhere people can find you? You want to send people to to check you out, check out your weird dancing and all the fun things you do on Instagram? Yeah. Yes. So I have a website www.andysnelling.com. So it's Andy with an I, mm-hmm. not a Y. Uh, Snelling S N E W L I N G. You can find me there, and then yeah, on the socials um, at Andy Snelling, on cool. Twitter, on Insta, um, and yeah, I'm on Facebook too. So great. Well, yeah, thank you That's for amazing. all those knowledge bombs and, and taking 48 minutes of your day to hang out with us and tell us your story. We appreciate it very, very. Thank much. you very much. My pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.